Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Watford Buzz, Jordan Weimer and myself, Matt Messiano, here today. And we're still celebrating that win from a couple days ago, or at least I am, Jordan. 5-2, my goodness. You wouldn't have believed it after that dismal display against Liverpool, would you? Uh, no, you couldn't, couldn't really get more of a more of an opposite, could you? It was a great reaction and uh, yeah, I think we're all still feeling pretty pretty happy yeah absolutely uh, Ranieri came into that game made three changes to the side that were beaten last week uh, Jeremy Ngakia Ozan Tufan and Joshua King all brought in uh, Danny Rose Emmanuel Dennis and Kiko Firmenia coming out of the team um, talk to me Jordan about those changes first yeah I think they were I think they were the good changes obviously some were a little bit enforced but um, I, I think it just freshened things up a little bit uh, you know, I think that we we kind of all felt from the from the previous game that the the kind of players that really came out of that were or came out of that well were Ngakia, Pedro, and seeing Ngakia come in was good. Mm. Obviously, for many, it wasn't available, but um, it, it was nice to see him come in there and play uh, from the off. So I think yeah, it, it was it was relatively positive. And uh, as as we kind of touched on there at the beginning, you couldn't have got more of a different or polar opposite performance. So. Yeah. yeah, I think it all kind of went pretty well in that sense. Yeah, it didn't start amazingly, did it? I mean, almost immediately, Watford are one 0 down. Tom Davis, one of the one of the changes for Everton, actually scoring. And at that point, I think most Watford fans, you know, fresh from that that horrible the display last week, were thinking, "Oh gosh, is it going to be exactly the same?" Or, but uh, it was almost like that goal was was a catalyst for Watford to for take to take the game to Everton, Jordan. Yeah, it started pretty poorly. Um, it, you, you are correct in that it wasn't it wasn't great from the beginning. Um, I think that one of the big differences and <clears throat> something we saw quite quite early on after or quite quickly after that goal um, is that we were able to be a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more proactive off the ball. I thought we were trying a lot harder to to win back possession. Um, marking was much tighter. We were playing a little higher up the pitch, uh, and we're just trying to be overall more aggressive. And I think we we kind of saw. The, the pitfalls of not doing so against a team that's better than you or has more quality than you um, against Liverpool so coming into this one whilst the, the two teams are closer um, in ability I think I think you can see that that, that work rate and that effort can be a minimising factor to that and you, you can you can bridge that gap between quality if you, if you kind of apply yourselves in that way um, and I think it suits us and I think that that kind of goal really did spur us on to kind of up that intensity a little bit which I'm sure was kind of asked of uh, us by Ranieri from the beginning but um, I think that was enough of a kickstart and it kind of just continued from there despite that kind of slight blip with the, the Richarlison goal as well I think from then on we were pretty mm. positive mm. Yeah they, they certainly 
fought hard, didn't they? That was one of the things that Ranieri said. And, and he, um, you know, they, they deservedly got themselves back level. Um, I mean, we weren't sure if it was going to be given because you know it was a potentially offside. It wasn't in the end, thankfully. Um, but uh, Josh King, who got it, and who said post game actually that he, he felt he had something to prove against the Toffees. And well, Jordan, I think he certainly proved it from that performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think with Josh King, I think if you, you could take the three goals out of his game, there'd be an argument for him getting man the match in that one. Um, I, I thought his even before he kind of, he, he scored and he started scoring, I thought that his movement was really good. Um, for when you when you kind of got that, we talked about in pre season um, and, and kind of even last season too. When we were talking about kind of that striker position, it was something that was so up in the air coming into this season. Um, and last last season it was so kind of overcrowded that group. Um, but I think with someone like Josh King, you do have a player that suits what you're trying to do. Um, if you're not going to have a ton of possession. Um, you want that player that's able to kind of play in the in the wide areas, there to chase things down, hold the ball up a little bit, um, and offer something outside of just scoring goals, which is something that we, as I said, we discussed in the preseason. We want to see someone that can contribute outside of just scoring goals because we need to have a bit more of a well-rounded player, um, and we're not the sort of team that's going to rely on the goals coming from our strike all the time. Having said that, obviously Josh King got himself into some really good positions and he, he took his goals really well. So you combine those two elements, and you, obviously you get. An amazing performance that we had in, in, in that one against Everton but uh, I think there are lots of positives to take away from it apart from just those three goals as important as they were uh, the, the promise the promising thing for me is just the overall performance and, and what you can offer in other games as well his second goal uh, Watford's third was so composed I mean, to, to cushion it with his left foot before firing it just in the nick of time I mean, it was real quality yeah, I think he just it's it's that it's that change in a striker's mentality, just that that feel they get, isn't it? Once they've scored and there's a little bit of calmness and things just start moving for them and he just looked a lot sharper and it was perfect, it was exactly what we needed. Um and that was also kind of coinciding with that that extra kind of impetus that we had. Um I think we I think we were able to to disrupt Everton uh, in a way that was very damaging to them. Um and this is the thing too. Just want to touch on quickly in terms of pressure. We'll, we'll get to this more maybe even for the third goal um, or, or Josh King's third goal, sorry, because that was a, a real kind of highlight or example of this. But when it comes to how we've been playing, I think that pressure and that that way we kind of forced the team or forced Everton into losing possession and, and cause, making mistakes, that's a really effective tool for us because the fact is we're not in some ways the most creative team through the middle especially. Um, when you're not the most creative, if you can force the opposition into making mistakes and they can create their, op- they can create your opportunities for you, then that's the sort of situation we can thrive on. And I think with the kind of the players we have, we're not going to be the best team going into every single game. Not it's not like the championship season. Um, and as I was touching on earlier, you have to bridge that gap. And I think the, the gap between athleticism and physical ability is much smaller than the gap between quality in some of these in some of these matches so if you can if you can find a way to kind of be aggressive and turn that ball over and, and create some chances then that's great and I think we showed that we can do that uh, quite quite effectively um, I think that'd be really positive for Ranieri but you know these players like Josh King they're able to capitalise on these moments and yeah I think that's exactly what we needed Mm. Well, you mentioned it there, his third goal. He once again showed the calmness, a bit of trickery to drag the ball away from Keane. Uh, I mean, it's that kind of extra touch there that perhaps, you know, the, the younger, less experienced strikers might not have taken. Yeah, I mean, this is also a situation. It shows how, how vital the mental side of the game is because you don't see Josh King taking that touch if he hadn't scored it. If, he, if he's still kind of trying to end that streak of not scoring, he's maybe a little bit more, a bit more anxious to get a shot on target. But... 
he, he's got that feel for the game and, and things are going well and he has the time he, he, he's got the coolness of head to take that touch uh, take a little drag back and, and knock it past Pickford which was you know a really good goal overall um, and even go back and watch the minute before that a good good 50-60 seconds there I think it starts in, in Nkulu header um, and Sissoko in midfield winning the ball back twice the pressure that's coming in Chucho comes back and wins the ball back into midfield it's, I, really, I really do advise you guys to go back and have a look at that that goal from an earlier phase and see how um, how effective we were at getting the ball into that position and that's what we talked about just then uh, would we have found Josh King in the box there had we been playing more passively had we have approached the game like we, we had against Liverpool Definitely not. But in that situation, we are more proactive. We are more positive. We turn the ball over um, through some really good work. And then we also have the quality to, to get the ball into the box and have the kind of finish that we saw from Josh King. Mm. And uh, out of interest, uh, who was the last player to score a hat-trick in the Premier League for Watford? Ooh. Oh, okay, that's taking me off guard. Uh, okay. Was it in the Pozzo area? No. Yeah. It was? Yeah, yeah oh, oh, yes, yeah, Gerard, Gerard Delefe, Cardiff away. Nice one, nice one. Yeah, okay, yeah, I was, I was racking my brains. Who was the last hat-trick? Last hat-trick in general? Um, yeah. I don't know if we was scored it? one last season. I think that could be it, actually. Was there a saw hat-trick? No, there wasn't a saw There wasn't a saw hat-trick, no, he's not scored three before. Hmm. Was that the last one? Yeah. It might that be the last one. See now, you, see, I, you failed this test. I, I don't have the answer either, so I can't talk. <laughs> we've both failed. Yeah, <laughs> we've both failed. Um, well, let us know. Yeah, let us know if we've if we've messed up here. Tell us, tell us who um who scored the hat trick in between those two. Um, right, yeah. Prior to this game, Jordan, we um we've we've speculated in the past who should be Watford's first choice striker. We've discussed why we don't think it should be Saar, but um in the past we've said any any one of Pedro, Dennis, and King could do a job there but you know um after that game surely it's, it's you know king's firmly grabbed that spot now and it's his to lose yeah i mean it is yeah i think king's definitely going to be the kind of starter for now um at least for the, for the near future um but i think it's just the way the way things go is so dynamic things can change at the time um and the fact that he's able to play we have players that are able to play in wider positions too um and we, we have other options in terms of shape um we can see we can see the likes of Pedro being involved up front with with King or Chucho Hernandez might come essentially. You've got so many ways of playing this. I think if we're going to be adapting and then changing approach dependent on the point on the opponent, then there's no reason as to why he can't be partnered. Um, I, I think in in terms of looking at this game and kind of analysing this game, whilst we were kind of predominantly lined up in that you know four two three one kind of system, um, the, the real things to take away from it is how it's how it's deployed and, and kind of what what positions we were taking up within it and how we were looking to use the ball how we're looking to work off the ball they're things that translate into a variety of formations it doesn't have to be so rigid as to say this is the only shape that we can do this in uh, and 4-4-2 in its own right it might even be more of an, a more effective way of kind of applying those principles so we, we might see a few different options but in terms of that kind of first name of the team sheet in terms of striker I think right now you can't look past Josh King coming off the back of a hat trick and also that, that performance around that around those goals um, there's not really a contender for that right now although having said that when Jao Pedro came on I thought he was also quite bright and I think he works in a little bit of a different way um, it wouldn't even surprise me if we saw him 
deployed as that number 10 a little bit more if we if we do decide to continue with a three in midfield um, and I think that's the nice thing about um, about bringing in a, a coach like Ranieri we do have quality in the team um, but we don't have necessarily the best balance in terms of uh, being overly consistent or, or firm in our belief of what our best starting lineup is uh, so having someone that does like to change around depending on the opponent is actually quite beneficial because we can start to use some of these players that don't have necessarily a starting place every week but can contribute yeah, Ranieri, he, he proved just how tactically minded he did in that game, didn't he? I mean, and it's not going to take as much of the limelight as King's hat-trick, but the substitution he made um, mm. after Everton had just gone 2-1 up was, was massive, wasn't it? I mean, he, he took off Watford's leading goal scorer in Saar, which is something that probably not many managers would have risked doing, especially since he was he was looking fairly dangerous as well, Saar. But it, it, the, the change to bring on Dennis seemed to be exactly what was needed. Um, and, you know, Dennis backed it up by assisting to and, and scoring the final goal in the turnaround. Yeah, and I think that's also kind of partly what we were saying earlier in regards to how physical ability can be that option to bring things down to not say bring things down to your level is perhaps patronising but you can overwhelm teams I think Saar he was tiring a little bit you know his intensity was maybe down uh, a touch as you'd expect it's not a criticism of Saar but you bring on Dennis and I know it's a cliche to say fresh legs but uh, you're smelling some blood in the water from Everton there and they are looking a bit shaky they're having to commit the fullbacks forward a little bit more um, and you want to kind of optimise the amount of threat you can get down that side and while Saar is the better player um, and he is better once he gets in those positions you have to get in those positions I think at least with Dennis coming on um, he was able to attack that space really well uh, and we know that he can be quite dangerous he had a couple of good shots and obviously in the end he ended up scoring so it, yeah it was a great move and um yeah, you can't really do anything but give uh, Ranieri credit for that. Mm. Post-match, he said that the most important thing for him was that the players never gave up, Jordan. Yeah, I think that's that's it. You have to you have to have that mentality. And uh, I kind of said during the game, I think we are, I think we are a better team when we're aggressive, and I think it suits us more. There have been some times we've kind of questioned the mentality of some of the squad and kind of how this the, the feel around the club it could be a little bit negative at times. And I think we always have looked better when we try and play on the front foot. Um, and we try and be a little bit more proactive because you know for some for some teams it does work to be that more defensive passive team it, you know, they can control things and it works but I think for us um, I, I'd rather see us go into games with the the possibility of conceding and, and we're going to lose some games but I think as long as we continue to try and be positive and aggressive then there's always that chance that we are able to accumulate points and, and build a bit of a run so I think that's kind of how this club um, or the, at this point anyway uh, kind of benefits and operates at its best. Mm. In terms of manager decisions, it felt as though Rafa Benitez kind of gifted us one by taking off Gordon, who up until that point had been quite pivotal for Everton. Yeah, I thought he was doing quite a good job of uh, finding space out wide. He was drifting over to that left side and picking up the ball and kind of running at space. And yeah, he was quite he was quite a handful. And I think, uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. It did it did make a difference. Um, and as we grew into the game too, perhaps we would have kind of started to started to kind of contain him a little bit more. But um, yeah, it, it did help. Uh, quite honestly, it, it did help a lot. We also saw there um, how exploitable the zonal marking system is if, if it's not operated correctly. I mean, I mean that mm. uh, equaliser that Watford scored that with, with Kuchka, you know, he was completely unmarked, wasn't he? And it, very easy for him to get ahead on the ball. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, do, I mean, I do personally, I do still prefer a zonal marking system but it requires uh, it requires a lot more application in, well yeah it does in some ways I think you have to be it's easy to kind of rest in your space and, and kind of get a little bit complacent if applied correctly I think it's the better the better system tell us more about it what, for people especially listening here who don't exactly know how it works 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it can, it can it can vary in terms of how it's uh, deployed, but effectively each player is, is assigned an area of space, which is their designated area to defend. Uh, and then they defend that space accordingly should the ball come into the box. So the criticism is uh, if you don't defend that space correctly or if you're not aggressive enough in defending it uh, that, or, you, or perhaps you're not in the right position, then you're leaving lots of holes. Um, perhaps sometimes the criticism is that you're not kind of running with the momentum of the player you're defending against. If, say, you've got an in-swinging corner into the box and an opposition player and attacker is running into the box trying to attack the ball, uh, you can maybe be flat-footed, but... Um, this is this is this is the contrast to the man marking system where you literally have your man on man, uh, you're marking your, that one player and that's your job. Zonal system I think is a little bit more conducive to defending the ball after the first contact. Um, if that header does break down or there's a you know a touch in the box, you're kind of in position to defend quite neatly rather than when you have a man marking system, you're kind of at the mercy of where the attackers are pulling you around. It can create space and you're more susceptible to uh, being beaten by a kind of a set piece routine. So I do prefer that zonal system, but. That that what we saw against Everton is, is exactly the problem. If you're not aggressive enough or if you're not sharp enough in those situations, if you are flat-footed, then you can be susceptible to, to a powerful run like Kuchka and, and a, a good header, basically. Mm. And it's a system that Watford's used for, for a while now. Yeah, we've, we've kind of, yeah, we've gone back and forth between the two. Um, I'd say probably the worst deployment we saw of it was under Marco Silva. It was very bad um, <laughs> for a while. I remember a game against Burnley in particular where we were demolished from that from that setup, and there are some there are some teams that play a little bit of a hybrid too. I think we've done that ourselves. Um, there's also like so we've had a, a few opportunities, a few times we've had that zonal system. But we've also kind of allowed some players to pick up in a man man marking perspective on the on the kind of stronger opponents, which we saw a lot of Troy Deeney as well back in back in Troy's time here. If we were in a zonal system, often Troy would be in a free position just to try and attack the ball, um, which which we've done a little bit too. Uh, so it's kind of been moving around a little bit. It's not been so set right now, but I think it's also just depending on who we're playing and that's kind of touching again on, on Ranieri it, there are a lot of a lot of changes that take place in, from opponent to opponent it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, even when it comes to set pieces different uh, strategies deployed depending on who we're playing um, so it's not so much set in stone a lot of coaches obviously are very set in stone I think under Cisco we saw a little bit more of the man marking um, but yeah it's just it's just one of those situations which evolves and, and can change throughout the season I think oftentimes um, clubs kind of go just back and forth between the two and coaches do as well because there's no real perfect way of dealing with things it's kind of always changing Ranieri um, in his, in his post match conference admitted that, uh, that there were parts of that game that he didn't enjoy particularly the the manner in which they conceded the, the two goals the first was very poor wasn't it that Tom Davis got in between Cathcart and Messina somehow to, uh, to 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 score that goal I mean that, that should never have happened should it really I mean they were I don't know how he even squeezed in yeah it wasn't great it was it was a piece of bad defending and that's that's the thing it's you know our, our central defense isn't the best right now we, we it's not the best it could be um, and I, I feel that left back and set, that left back and left centre back area was definitely an, a, an area of weakness for us. And the ball went into the right place, and it was yeah, as you said, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. Um, and the only thing you can say is that we reacted positively, but in, in terms of an isolated incident, it wasn't good. That's that's for sure. The, the second one, um, it, it seemed to me as though Cathcart was caught ball watching. Uh, it didn't follow Richarlison with the uh, with, with the cross into the box, and it, in the end, it was. You know, a free header for him, a powerful one, a decent one from from the Brazilian. And it was uh, a good ball as well. It, well, yeah, it ball. was a good ball. It was a good ball, but it, it, I don't know. If you watch it back, it looked to me like he was it uh, was admiring the ball a bit too much, Kafka. But I, I've been critical of him recently, and I don't want to get into that kind of 
theme of just can. being critical every week. But uh, if you know, I'm only I'm just it's like catchphrase. I'm just say, I'm just saying what I'm seeing, Jordan. Yeah, no, I understand. What, what do you think of um, what do you think of Ben Foster's uh, positioning in that goal too? Carl looked a bit in no man's land, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, I have to I have to agree with you there. Yeah, he, um, look, you can't be in that position. You either have to stay in your goal and and you know look to defend it from there, or you have to come out and win the ball ahead of the the man. He kind of came halfway out and didn't either, um, yeah. which was in a very dangerous position for any goalkeeper because it's just. Not is not effective there. So um, no, yeah, that was poor. And once you commit to that, once you commit to that movement, you can't you can't then attack. Once once Richardson makes that run and goes to that head, you can't even attack the ball either, can you? So you're kind of just stuck in that position. No. I understand. I, I I appreciate the kind of proactivity to to kind of come for the ball, but I think the way the ball was shaped, it was never lending itself to the goalkeeper getting there. So it was it was unfortunate. Um, but thankfully, we didn't have to put up with that pain for too much longer. <laughs> no. No, we didn't. Um, what, what, what were some of the, the good things that you liked about about the about the game, Jordan? Not just maybe the the goal build ups, but um, what what areas did you did you like? Yeah, I don't want to keep harping on about. I just think our, our aggression and proactivity off the ball. I thought that was it was miles different, and it was a completely different approach, but it was vastly more effective. I know we're playing. I know Everton aren't Liverpool in terms of quality. It's not the same, but. Um, I, I just think that that energy that we showed, I thought Sissoko was great in there. I thought Ngaki was good in his one-on-ones. Um, we were able to get the ball forwards, but we were also able to to kind of make Everton make mistakes and give us chances too. Um, so I think just playing playing at that tempo, um, I, I think it just makes it much more much more enjoyable to watch. But also, you can see we're a much more effective team. We look we look so much better, and we look more alert, and we look a more cohesive and, and threatening unit because before we looked very very soft at the back and also very very dull um, but this is a way to kind of look a bit sharper and I think you can kind of go back and look at these individual moments I kind of said in the build up to, to Josh King's third goal I think it's a prime example um, but there are there are these kind of moments all over the pitch where your, your, your players are attacking the ball and they're, they're winning that first ball and they're, they're not kind of coming out second best which we saw in almost every opportunity or every occasion against Liverpool uh, Away from the uh away from the game Watford are um, looking to introduce a, a new midweek uh, Hive Live show what's, your, what's, your, what's your, your thoughts on that? I mean look if they, yeah. I, I thought I kind of I appreciate the effort they put into Hive Live last year um, I can't say I watched every pre-match um, but I, I, you know, I think it's good that we're at least trying to kind of move forward and, and be a little bit more active in that side of things and give Give fans something to take in and listen to. Obviously, we try and do a similar job in the sense, um, in the sense we try to have some discussion about things and and kind of give the fans a little bit more to go on. Because I think, as Watford fans, you don't really have that same discussion around your club uh, and hearing people discuss the team that you support uh, with a little bit of kind of intimacy and like you know more understanding of the the nuances and what's going on uh, rather than that broad kind of overarching opinion, which is often quite lacking any sort of nuance and often wrong um, it can be quite frustrating to hear people talk about the club from the club I think it's a positive move for us and hopefully they do it in a way which is kind of engaging and, and entertaining mm. interesting thing for me at least is that it's going to be live when it doesn't necessarily have to be so oh, really? yeah, making, kind of make, making it harder for themselves really but Thursdays 7 to 8 on YouTube um, uh, also via the Watford FC website and app <laughs> 
uh, yeah, it's going to delve uh, a bit deeper into the men's team and also the women's team and the academy sides as well, which that's the bit that interests me, I think. I, like finding a bit more about the academy players, sometimes we don't mm. get to hear as much about them. And I'm quite interested to, to hear, you know, sort of how the, how those guys are doing. And if, if there's any any guys that are, you know, are close to the first team. Yeah, I think it's probably probably a situation I'd probably kind of see what the highlights were and see what people are talking about and then we'll go and watch it but um, yeah I mean uh, is it Emma Saunders doing that stuff yeah I think it'll be Emma Saunders yeah yeah I like Emma she's uh, yeah I think yeah, why not sounds good to me yeah excellent good stuff well <laughs> I'm sorry I sprung that one on you there no, no no I'm learning I want to know what's going on yeah I'm, I missed that so yeah no uh, um, actually uh, the, you know, the club are pretty good at putting out stuff aren't they they, they did something recently um Asking, um, you know, asking some of the players what their what their favourite five sides would be. Um, I think, you know, you, you got some of the classic names in there, um, but Daniel Backman's five side completely threw me. Um, for starters, you could pick any striker that you, that you want in your five side team. Okay, this isn't a Watford anything. This is a any striker, any striker. Okay, who do you think he went for? Do you sound like a Nartovich or something? No, not even, not even. I mean, I'm downplaying him here. I'm downplaying him, but Go on. I, I wouldn't put him in the same <laughs> in the same list as some of these guys. He went. He went for Peter Crouch. Okay. All right. <laughs> that, was, that, was okay. His, that was his. Um, that was Yeah. Who was the rest of his team then? All right. Okay. To be fair, the goalkeeper is Donna Rummer, um, who you know, like, is a quality yeah. goalkeeper, isn't he? Obviously, he's number one. And Chiellini was was his um, was his sent back. I mean, uh, yeah, he's getting on a bit, but it's still he's still a you know it's still quality. Yeah, I it, mean, we're talking about a five-a-side team here, though. But, uh, okay, carry on. It, well, he went for Alaba in in midfield. Alaba, what? Okay. And then um, and then also Jordan Shakiri, and I, I guess I know where he's coming from with the Shakiri and with the Crouch thing because he played at Stoke and, you know. That I suppose they probably had some of their best. Oh, okay, yeah. These, when, yeah when, when he was at true. Stoke, but um, look, I don't. I guess Alaba too. He had the, the connection, right? I mean, Alaba Al- 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 plays for Austria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I guess that makes kind of sense. But so these are players that he's actually played with. At least I can't always forget him. There was any connection. I thought it was a bit random that he was choosing crowd. I guess he played against him in training and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Kiri too. Yeah. But uh, okay. I, I mean, I don't think any of those guys. Barring maybe Donna Rummer is getting into my five-a-side team, so. So should we talk about if we're talking about current Crouch as well? Yeah. Oh gosh, no. I think we're talking about Crouch in his prime, but even Crouch. Prime Crouch. Prime Crouch. Prime I do remember. Crouch. I do remember Crouch scoring a hat trick at Vicar Droid actually for Liverpool. Crouch scored a hat. I must have completely phased that one out as well. Oh, actually, Crouch got. Okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. It was a Crouch brace. Craig Bellamy scores one as well, didn't he? Yeah. They don't, okay, line up. <laughs> Foster, Mariapa, Demerit, Mackay, Stewart, Smith, Marne, Bangora, McNamee, Young, Buatza. Oh. oh, that's a terrible team. That's a, <sighs> that sort of team should bring me. <sighs> yeah. Well, Jordan, Southampton up next. Uh, an important one too, because after the Saints, it's it's back to some of the heavy hitters you got Arsenal Man United Liverpool Chelsea and then Man City so the Southampton game really does seem important doesn't it yeah I mean it's a it's a big opportunity for us to pick up points and I think yeah as you said it's the next kind of I mean it's the only game for a while we're kind of going into this thinking we can 
what we should be looking to come away the three points a little bit more or a little bit more likely to at least who knows man it's just one of those games and it's always always feels that these situations that the opportunities you slip up and you, you don't take it and then hopefully you kind of look to take something from the bigger games but oh, I don't know man it's just it's a, it's a tough one um yeah, I mean, it's Southampton at home. I would like the three points. I didn't expect them against Everton away, so it balances itself out at the end of the season, doesn't it? But I'd, I'd prefer to, I'd prefer to obviously get the three points against Southampton because I think you should, you should challenge in in your home matches against the teams that you're expected to challenge against, and Southampton is definitely that. Um, but they're difficult to break down. Um, not you know, not many teams have, have, have beaten him this season. Um, they've got five draws, second highest in the league. Uh, yesterday they did well, um, despite eventual defeat in the cup against Chelsea, uh, losing on penalties. But you know, they they seem like they are missing Danny Ings. I think that was a poor decision actually for them to to get rid of him, and uh, they haven't quite recovered from that since. No, I th- yeah, it's it's a tough situation. I do quite like Southampton. I haven't actually watched a ton of them this year, um, but we've seen enough of of Hasn Hoodle, Southampton to know kind of how they operate. And obviously, you take a player like Danny Ings out of the team, it's it's not ideal. Um, it's a tough one to try and replace. But I think we have to be kind of we have to still be quite vigilant going into it because they are a team that can still hurt you and especially especially with some of the frailties we've had defensively and th- th- it'd be interesting to see how chaotic this game could be because if both teams take the same approach in terms of kind of off the ball work it could be quite intense it could be a lot of could be a lot of turnovers and it could be quite a scrappy game in some regards but I'm hoping for a good one at the very least Livramento's been very impressive since um, since going there yeah they, they've done well um, it's 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 been impressive and that, that, as I said I think it'll be a good game I just I, I struggle to come down too hard on either side in terms of who will win or who would if we would draw I just I just really feel like this is an unknown at this point yeah one Chelsea let go um, yeah Adam Armstrong we know all about him from Blackburn of course um, hasn't quite hit the ground running at Southampton yet but you know he's he, you know he scored a bundle of goals last season didn't he yeah he's we, we yes yeah, as you said we've with Adam Armstrong he's someone that takes a lot of shots but he can be effective um, we're trying to obviously seeing him kind of operate in a team which is going to have less opportunities for him to get shots away uh, so I think we always expect his production to go down but he's still a player that in the right in the right situation is going to be dangerous against you and you know they've got some decent options up there like of Che Adams too uh, you know the, the, we know what Southampton are in that sense they have got quality so you can't underestimate uh, underestimate them as a whole um, I, I just think we have to have to find a way to uh, to kind of capitalise on some of their frailties too, and that's hopefully what we're going to be hopefully what we'll be seeing come Saturday. Good stuff. Well, thank you for joining me, Jordan. Uh, always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. Good stuff. Um, no, uh, no recent um, reviews, but uh, if you want to add one, if you want to get your name read out on on the pod, all you have to do is go to the uh, Watford Buzz podcast on. Um, on iTunes and leave us a review there and um, what sort of things should they should they say Jordan I think you should just be talking about <laughs> our performance as a whole really kind of you know I guess you could say collectively performance individual performances um, <laughs> let us know kind of who's the man of the match each week maybe I don't know just kind of or if it's equally enjoyable just tell us how bad we are tell us who's the worst um, we always invite criticism here on this show especially if it's for Tom uh, as well yeah Tom obviously I mean it's hard to criticise someone who's never here I guess but um, yeah tell us how bad we are tell us tell us what you don't want to hear more of 
Um, or, you know, tell us what you do like. Either way, we're happy to hear it. I'd like to say it's constructive criticism. It might not be constructive. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we try and take it and improve, but, you know, we, we don't always improve, but we try our best. Cool. And you can get in touch with Jordan Weimer directly as well on Twitter, at Jordan Weimer. Um, send him some messages that you'd like to discuss on the next week's pod and, and we'll get to them we'll just come and have a chat it doesn't even have to be about football just kind of tro- drop into DMs yeah. um, have a little friends. chat about whatever you like I'm a lonely guy um, so yeah the more the more kind of interaction I have uh, the better yeah and if you live in Canada maybe you two can get together and watch a Watford game at some point yeah if you live in Ontario then uh, please feel free to get in touch and um, I'm sure we can we can convert even though even though the province is bigger than the country of England, so it might be a bit difficult, but we'll try our best. <laughs> Are there any good bars in Ontario where you can go and watch the Watford game, George? Oh, there's, is, a, there's is it a possible? Ton. There's a ton. Yeah? There's a ton. Oh, oh, I mean, okay. Tor- yeah, you can go, yeah. We'll meet in Toronto, there you go. Okay, nice, nice, good stuff. Yeah, there's, there's, look, there's a lot that we, we span we span far and wide, us Watford fans. Shout out to Ontario Hornets Group, I believe they're called. So, I, haven't, I haven't met a Watford fan here yeah like a, in the wild in the wild um, <laughs> a wild Watford fan has appeared and, <laughs> I've seen a couple of random ones I've seen a Stoke fan uh, yeah I've seen a few I actually had a British Dortmund fan come in the other day which is always nice okay um, yeah look it's a diverse country I guess lots of different fans just need some more Watford fans so if you're in the area by area I mean province let me know well, get in the, touch it's, it's the right colour isn't it I mean for, for, for one season we had a very similar shirt didn't we we did indeed, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. I love that true. shirt. That was a great very shirt. Very true. Very good shirt. That shirt took us to the uh, to the final of the FA Cup, didn't it? It did. Yeah. Breeze. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it did. And let's say about that game, the better, but the, the shirt... Semi was good, though. The shirt looked good. Semi, yeah. Semi was very good. Semi was very yeah. good. Yeah. Right, okay, then. That's enough of the uh, the end of uh, show chatter and natter that we... Uh, we always get slagged off about. Um, it's, 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 do we get slagged off about that? Actually, people love it, don't they? People do enjoy oh, it. I don't, I don't know. Well, I, you shouldn't love it. You should probably slag us off for it. Yeah, not the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, then. Well, thanks again. Uh, we'll see you next time, uh, hopefully, discussing a, uh, a Watford win over Southampton. But until then, it's goodbye from myself. And goodbye from myself. <laughs> you know, you're leading that from me there. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Well, well done, John. Well done. Yeah, well done. We, got we got them. We got, we got them. them. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.